It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. True motorcycle heavyweights. Heavyweights are people that steered their club through hard times. Not actors, not WWF or E, whatever they call it, wrestlers, but men that faced off in the early days against Leo, the backlash against society, the whole nine yards coming up. Sonny Barger, Taco Bowman, J.R. Reed, the father from the mighty Black Sabbath nation, Sugar Bear. These are the guys that we're going to be covering in a series of videos once a week to let you guys know who the true heavyweights of the motorcycle club community truly is and motorcycle community overall. I have finally realized the huge generational gap that is involved with myself, Black Dragon, and the other creators. They see actors or WWF superstars as heroes. Where when we were going through the scene, we looked up to true legends. Legends that led their clubs to greater things. Today we're going to be talking about Sonny. Sonny has to be the best well-known biker around. And for good reason. He went through hell for his club and his ideals. Through hell. He was one of the first to be charged with RICO in 1979. The Hells Angels were the first club that RICO was tried against. I'm not talking about the organized crime. I'm talking actual motorcycle clubs. He took a ragtag bunch of chapters that used the name Hells Angels and brought it under one umbrella. He is truly a motorcycle heavyweight. True heavyweight. And it's important that people understand when you're talking about the club scene, it has nothing to do with actors. It has nothing to do what the movie studios want to push on you as far as who's who. We're going to take a little bit of the interview right now. It came off of Men and Motors. Beautiful interview with Sonny. Let's listen in. Get it over here real quick. 
There we go. Name of the Hells Angels Bomber Squadron, which was stationed right by here at understand. And that happened in 1948 before my dad. When I got in the club, uh, we formed the Oakland Charter and became part of the Los Angels, just looking for a club to ride with the Brotherhood and having a good time riding motorcycles. I have this impression from reading the books and, and some of the things I've seen in the movies that you've played a, key, played a key role in taking the club forward and developing it. Is that fair? I think I was instrumental in helping. It's, although the club was going for eight or nine years before I got in it, they never really had the notoriety they had yeah. until, well, I should say the notoriety started after I got out of class. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, you must have seen lots of changes over the years you've, um, since you've been riding bikes. What would you say the biggest difference to life on bikes now to what it was in, in your early days? Well, you can ride at much further distances. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, like in the 50s, if you got 300 miles a day, you really were doing well. Today it's nothing to get a thousand. That's That's him right there, and we'll continue the interview in a second. Again, let's go back to the generational differences of how somebody my age and somebody who's younger would look at this whole thing. Maybe that's where the disconnect really is, is the history isn't known to these younger kids. It ain't known of what they had to go through back in the day to get it to where it is today. It wasn't cool at all to be a biker before 1994, that was the rub invasion. Before then, bikers were looked at as scruffy, greasy, no good people. That's how society looked on it. Clubs was even worse. In the time period that Sonny's talking about, the incidences with police were out of this world. People were getting beaten. That's one of the reasons why you now have clubhouses. Is because of all the harassment. Every time they go to a bar, they'd get harassed by Leo or patrons. Not cool whatsoever. So there might be the disconnect. And everybody knows I'm not using this subliminal crap anymore. We said our piece on Black Dragon's video, Culture Vultures. That's the disconnect, is ignorance of the history. Ignorance of what the scene truly is and the people that made this scene what it is. Let's go listen again a little bit uh, from Sonny. Changes over the years. Changes. Because of breakdowns, is it? And better reliability. Right. It must have been pretty uncomfortable riding around on those rigid things. Well, we didn't know it. <laughs> I believe you also appeared in a movie acting alongside Jack Nicholson. Well, we didn't. You know, I mean, this is going to sound funny, but we didn't act alongside of Jack. At that time, Jack Nicholson was in a movie with us. Right. That was his first movie. He wasn't a star, and we were the stars, and he was working in our movie. 
Looking at the books, lots of famous names crop up, particularly in your autobiography. Um, names like Allen Ginsberg and Hunter Thompson and the Rolling Stones. Um, as a survivor of the 60s, how do you regard some of those people now? Some of them I still see, some of them I like, some of them I didn't like. Some of them I don't even talk to. In the new book, um, there's um, the reference to Steve McQueen and uh, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash. Well, Steve McQueen, I never did know as a person, you know, not on a one-on-one -on -one basis. The information to write the story came from his wife, Barbara, and all the that right there is the American legend, Sonny Barger. Again, he went through the first RICO in 1979. It was a lot different time period back then. It was, it was unreal what these guys had to go through and the stuff that they had to face. I'm pulling up. If you really want to know how kind of it was back then, you can go to any of these videos. Hell's Angels Forever. It was from a club aspect. A club aspect. How the guys thought. How they lived their lives. They truly lived the outlaw lifestyle. Going to this 1979 case, the U.S. Drug Investigation brings a round of arrests for Hell's Angels. It goes to say, for 29 years, local law enforcement officers across California concentrated on taming the Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club, only to watch it flourish. Sonny, who was seven or 40 years old at the time, and then his wife, Sharon, 29, got them on conspiracy charges. It resulted in the arrest charge 32 persons with conspiracy to violate federal racketeering statutes in a case that federal investigators had focused on drug traffic. Boy, did that... Uh Burn their ass hairs when Sonny and the guys beat that stuff. But they had a hard-on for the Hells Angels in California. And again, it was guys like Sonny that were able to coalesce all the chapters of the Hells Angels and spread them to every corner of the earth. One thing that the United States uh, club scene does is they export their clubs. I believe the Hells Angels are on every continent, probably except Antarctica. <laughs> They're everywhere. But one quality that these true heavyweights had was leadership. Sonny was a lead leader. Taco Bowman, J.R. Reed, the father from the Black Sabbath. These are going to be the ones that we're going to be covering. Not actors, not pro wrestlers. 
but people that really deserve the spotlight for what they did for you and I today. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comment section and don't forget to go over to our Instagram official insane throttle. Check that out. I do a lot of stuff on there now that I learned it. <laughs> but anyway, no, I just like to get your thoughts. That's we're going to do, you know, coverage of, you know, these people that I talked about. And hopefully you guys learn something, especially if you're younger. Learn who did what and why. Every motorcycle club, everyone has a legend. The Hells Angels have Sonny. AOA has Taco Bowman. Son of the Silence, J.R. Reed. The father for the Black Sabbath. Lots, uh, lots of names out there that made this scene the way it was. I'm Audi. Let me know what you guys think. Rock and roll, man.